Hi, this is Jim Kleinpeter, LSU beat writer for NOLA.com, the Times-Picayune, with a, a scout's take look back at LSU versus Alabama. Not a game that uh, LSU fans want to remember. In fact, it's one the team is trying to put behind it very quickly. Uh, LSU was totally dominated, at least uh, by Alabama's defense. Uh, leading The nation's leading rusher, Leonard Fournette, rushed for 31 yards on 19 carries and really uh, had no room to run, literally had no room to run one just one run longer than four yards and that was an 18 yard run late in the game um game was actually not as close as the final score indicated chris um uh, chris landry is with me to, to discuss the game uh chris what uh did you see uh that alabama did so well was it a combination of poor play by the lsu offensive line and great play by the alabama defense or was it all alabama well, Jim, it wasn't a scheme game. Uh, you know, Alabama uh, clearly knew what LSU was going to do. They were the more physical team, and it wasn't like they made a lot of adjustments. They didn't need to. Um, they, they really played out control. And, and what I mean by that is, is, you know, but for our listeners to have an understanding, there's a gap between the center guard, guard tackle. And, and depending on how you play your front, your defensive line can play two gaps or one gap, and, and that simply means if you play two gap and you play head over the center, you've got to control the center, and you've got to be able to peak on both sides and control the gap on either side of the center. Alabama plays a lot of two gap and played that very, very well. And when they tried to, and they didn't run many stunts or games, but when they, and I thought LSU at times, they felt like they had a hat on a hat and had assignment-wise what they needed, but they were physically dominated up front. And to combine, to compound that, because LSU did not work the field vertically, it allowed their great linebackers to scrape and fill. So there were times where there were double guys and multiple guys in gaps. So there was no room to run. For example, of the 31 yards that Leonard Fournette had, I charted this, Jim, 30 came after contact. He literally had one yard block for him for the entire night before he was contacted. Now, he didn't fare very well as when you get his shoulders turned to the sidelines. I thought the, the, the play of the secondary of Alabama, they tackled him one-on-one on a couple of occasions. So it was a great performance by Alabama. Um, LSU did not do anything to try to spread Alabama out. Uh, it is the type of game and the type of scheme where you try to want to run screens, you want to run slip passes to spread them out a little bit, quite frankly, like Alabama did against LSU. Um, LSU does not really work the screen game very well, and they don't work the field horizontally very well. That's not what they believe in. That's not what they do. They tried to go uh, vertical a couple of times and threw some jump balls and had an athlete making a play a couple of times, but basically it was – LSU doing what they do, that is run downhill, and when they out-personnel you, they usually win those games. You don't out-personnel Alabama, at least LSU doesn't in in that regard, and that's why it was such a dominating performance because they had no answer. Um, They did what they they did, and it was interesting because visiting with – I visited with an Alabama coach on Friday prior to the game, and schematically now, I'm speaking schematically, they were more concerned about this week against Mississippi State 
because they knew exactly that LSU is going to play this game in a phone booth and we're just going to have to be tough enough and physical enough to beat them. Um, and they were not expecting LSU to do anything other than what they did, and they didn't. And so it played right into the hands uh, of Alabama and their strength. Uh, LSU's strength is not good enough. Uh, I think maybe the biggest surprise that I would say is, um, it, it is, and I shouldn't say surprise because I felt that this LSU defensive front, while it's good, it's not great, uh, but maybe the biggest surprise is how dominant Alabama's offensive line was against LSU's defensive front. Uh, I thought LSU's uh, defensive tackles were moved consistently in this game, and um, you know that's a great reason why Derrick Henry, you know, had the the 210 yards and the dominant performance. So this was clearly, I could see it being a dominant physical performance by Alabama, but to see him dominate uh, just as much on the offensive side was maybe a little bit surprising to me, although. Uh, we've seen it before, strength versus strength. Alabama is just better at doing uh, – and, and, and is a little bit more creative when they have to be, and LSU just was not. And I noticed um, a couple of times, and, and Leonard Fournette has made a habit of beating the first man he makes contact with, and whether it be a linebacker or a, uh, a defensive back, and whether it be with power or with, a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with his feet, with a move. But I noticed that an Alabama defensive back came up and stayed very low, and he, never got, he, could, he did not beat a tackle uh, on first contact. Yeah, and you know, Alabama does a great job of two things, again, with their defensive front, their job is to build a wall. So they just lock it, and you can't get movement. Now, against a team that is more up front, you can get a gap. And if you get Leonard going downhill and he builds ahead of steam, that's where he can run over a guy, you know, make a guy miss. But when he doesn't have a hole to run in and when he has to go laterally, that's when you've got an edge against him. You're taking away, if you want to, take the cape off of him, so to speak. You, you make him average by having his shoulders to the sidelines. And uh, Alabama's defensive backs are taught very well to do two things, to tackle, tackle low and rise up, and to leverage the run. Leverage the run means up front they're going to build a wall. On the outside, you force the run back into the wall that's what they did. And one-on-one, you know, Leonard is vulnerable when he can't get downhill. LSU, uh, excuse me, Alabama knew that. Uh, they played it that way, and, and LSU didn't have an answer for it. And, you know, getting them out on a swing pass and getting them out in the open, um, working some quick crossers or, or never things, really not things that they uh, had much, really didn't attempt. And then when they tried to throw the football some on some rollouts, um, you know, Brandon Harris didn't throw the football very well. Um, so uh, it, it, was, it was a tough game for them, and, and it's more of a byproduct that of, look, this, this is how LSU's built. They, they are, are not good enough, they're not multiple enough on offense to be able to win at the, the highest level, the elite level. Uh, and I know in the SEC it's an elite level, but Alabama's a different animal than the rest of the league. I think LSU's still our personnel's most people that they play, and that's why they're able to win games. But against Alabama, you've got to be able to do multiple things. Um, I think we saw that in the national championship game in 2011, and I think there's some similarities that they were not able to do anything offensively to challenge Alabama, take them out of their comfort zone. Uh, And that's what you have to do against Alabama. You have to get 
them out of their comfort zone. You've got to make them cover for longer than they want. You've got to extend plays. Um, you, you've got to be able to do that to beat Alabama. LSU was not able to do it. Um, and it's not just calling plays, Jim. It's about being able to work that into your system, something that LSU is really not done. Uh, they're a downhill run team and will take some vertical shots, and they're either going to beat you or lose to you based upon that. Okay, you touched on Brandon Harris. Uh, what were your impressions on his performance? He looked a little shook, uh, looked like uh, maybe the environment was a little bit too much for him, especially with the er- lack of success early uh, running the ball. I think that's fair. I think it's because they had no running game. That, that offense and his success is built on the running game and play action. Uh, they had nowhere to run. Um, they did a good job in coverage on rollouts, covering to that side in the half field. So the windows were a little narrower. He was very worried about making mistakes and turning the football over. Uh, He turned it over early in the second half on that throw. That was an ill-advised throw. But, again, all part of the pressure, you start to see things. uh, Some of them that are there and some of them that are not when you have this type of uh, a defensive front that's causing a lot of problems. I thought Alabama did a good job getting pressure on them, too. I thought they got upfield and forced the issue at times where uh, I think that contributed to him being a – you know, a little flustered. I think that is absolutely fair. And You know, again, part of his development as a passer is, you know, people will look and and he's had some success success throwing the football, but but really not a lot underneath the layered passing game. It's more of a deep ball throw where you put air under it and you got a receiver go up and get it. Um, You know, a flea flicker, things like that where you suck in the defense. But when you have to be able to throw the football on time, on rhythm, into a small window, that's not something he's been able to do well. And it's all the more reason, I think, that when you have a quarterback like that, you've got to get him on some half-field reads, on some rollouts. You've got to work the screen game. You've got to throw some easy passes. Uh, guys like Jacob Coker and Blake Sims last year, these are not elite quarterbacks, but they are very functional, and they can do more than just hand the ball off because of play design and basically a quarterback-friendly passing game. LSU doesn't, and it hurts an ability for a guy to, to have to try to make stick throws when he's not accustomed to doing it, and that's not his strength. Okay, you touched on something else about the LSU defensive tackles getting moved out of the way. Defensively, LSU, um, it looked like they, they made some some plays, that, and I think I counted it up. Uh, Derrick Henry ran the ball 38 times. 20 times he was held to three yards or less, which, which is what you kind of look for. But um, still, uh, they, got, uh, they had some early success but got worn down. Uh, how much of that is true? I mean, was Alabama uh, – uh, that successful against the defense? Yeah, they, they completely wore them down, and it's the, the whole pounding the rock syndrome. Uh, you know, LSU's a one-gap front, so they were able to penetrate at times. And, you know, Derrick Henry is, is a downhill power guy, but he's not real explosive. I mean, he will run over guys, and while he can slide and get an angle, you know, he's not going to get a lot of yards just bursting. So if you get into the backfield and get them, and LSU did at times, they had success. The, the problem was they got worn down. They literally, by the second half, you can start to see the legs of the defensive tackles just getting worn down, the lack of LSU's depth, the lack of the ability to hold down against the power of Alabama was, was evident. I mean, it's what LSU normally does to people and wear them down and wear down defensive fronts. Well, 
you know, LSU was to Alabama what a lot of the opponents have been uh, to LSU this year. Uh, they just simply, you know, Davin Gottschall really, really struggled a lot. And you saw a lot of those guys, particularly defensive tackle, just get worn down. Now, again, in a one-gap scheme, you're able to make some plays and you make some negative plays for the offense. When you get pounded like they did uh, and they were constantly reaching to the second level, um, that, that's when Derrick Henry got the most of his 210 yards, when, when you want it the most, when you, you've got the game, you've got it in hand, and you, you know, they know you're going to run it, you know you're going to run it, but they can't stop you. That's when it was the toughest on film to watch. And LSU was completely outmanned and outphysicaled in that game, something, again, that doesn't happen very often. But against Alabama, it's been a, a recurring theme. Okay, that'll be all for now. Thank you, Chris, and uh, we'll be back next week with another uh, uh, LSU Scouts Take Preview. For Chris Landry, I'm Jim Klein. Peter, we'll see you on NOLA.com.